The grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is again our Old Testament reading for this past Sunday, the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 45, verses 1 to 7, where Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, was inspired to write, This is what the Lord says to his anointed, the Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that the gates, so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel who summons you by name. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen, I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor, though you do not acknowledge me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, men may know that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. My dear friends in Christ, God directs all of the affairs of our world, all of the events of our world for a reason, and that reason is so that all may know that he is the Lord. God was behind Cyrus and his work, his, the things that he did for God's people. God didn't just have Isaiah make this prophecy saying, prophecy saying that Cyrus would end up being, becoming king and then see what would end up happening. God directed Cyrus, directed the things that he did in his life so that what Cyrus did end up doing is letting the Israelites go back to the promised land after that prescribed 70-year captivity was over. Well, when Cyrus was told of the prophecy about him that had been written in scriptures almost 200 years before this time, the time of his freeing the Israelites, he was amazed. He didn't see the Lord, the God of the Israelites, as the one true God. He, he tragically believed in many different gods. To him, the Lord was a very important, powerful deity, but he didn't believe in him as the one true God, as the God of salvation. God said to Cyrus, I call you Cyrus by name and bestow on you a title of honor, though you did not acknowledge me. God supported Cyrus, not necessarily because he liked him so much, but because of God's promises. God said he did all the things that he did. He said, for the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen, our God is faithful. He keeps all of his promises. He's so dependable, completely dependable. He kept his promise about Cyrus, but most importantly, he kept the promise that he made back in the Garden of Eden. 
to send Jesus, the seed of the woman, to take our place and bear the punishment that we deserve because of our sins. God said that he did this, well, for the sake of Jacob, for the sake of Israel, and we can think of that one specific promise that God made to him. When Jacob fled from his brother because when he fled from his brother Esau because he was afraid his brother would take his life, when Jacob had tricked his father into giving him the promise instead of giving the promise to, to Esau, the birthright, the, the promises of God, well, what Jacob did is Jacob rested at Bethel and in a dream he saw this stairway to heaven. Then God told him, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. The offering, offspring, the specific offspring he's talking about, of course, is Jesus, the Savior, who died on the cross to pay the punishment that we deserved for our sins, to pay for all sins, so that all who by God's grace would believe in him can have eternal life. Well, God said, I am the Lord and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. There are so many religions in our world today, so many different things, different ways that people think of God. But anyone who believes in a God other than the God of the Bible is not believing in the one true God, even if he says he is God. The Bible tells us, of course, of the triune God, of God the Father who created all things and who preserves us and looks out for our bodies. And when we sinned, he sent the Savior into this world as true man and true God to be our substitute, to pay for our sins, to be perfect for us, to give us his righteousness to rise from the dead to prove that we can will rise from the dead one day and he also is the holy spirit who works through word and sacrament to call us to faith to make us believing children of god to keep us in the faith to keep us safe until we're in heaven well this is the one true god and any other god is a product of man's imagination that cannot lead to, lead to eternal life. Well, our reading does say, scripture does say that all people will ultimately acknowledge that one true God. Sooner or later, all people will do that. We believers can be so thankful that the Holy Spirit has worked on our hearts, given us faith in Jesus so that we can acknowledge the one true God right now because a time will come when it will be too late. James wrote, you believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Since Satan and all his evil angels have been eternally condemned by him, they do believe that our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is the one true God. Of course, they do that in their damnation. And what God doesn't want is God doesn't want our family, our friends, our neighbors, our acquaintances, our relatives, 
or anyone to know that he is the one true God when it's too late. He wants us to be real friends to all of those people by right now doing everything that we can, can to share, well, the message of the one true God, the triune God, his message of sin and grace, his message of law and gospel. He wants us to spread the news of Jesus the Savior so that everyone could possibly know about the one true God, about our salvation right now. And now what we can do is we can tell those people about that one true God by pointing to God's guiding hand in history, how he's always at work, how, well, we can point to this prophecy regarding Cyrus and how God brought all those things about just as he said. And we can point to God's own guiding hand in our own lives and show how God is always working to try to draw us closer and closer to him and his word. See now, God hasn't. He won't forget about us. He always controls all of the events, all of the world's affairs and his plan as he controls all of those things. In all he does, what God is doing is he's doing it so that all may know that he is the Lord. That's how concerned he is about us and our eternal souls. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thanks for reminding us that you will not only never forget us, but you're always also working in our lives for our eternal good to bring more and more souls into your believing family. Keep us always safe and protected in you and, and remembering that you're making all things work together for our good. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always, amen.